Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is August 4th, 2022. We are continuing our series, Chronicles of the Kingdom. This is Lesson 30, The Kingdom Age. What do I mean by kingdom age? Well, the church age is the kingdom age. I know I've heard some people try to say that the church age and kingdom age are not the same and they get into the kingdom age being the millennium. But that's not exactly true because Jesus said, Behold, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand. It is near. The church age is the kingdom age. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit is poured out to his people that creates the church. It also creates the kingdom. The kingdom age is the church age. And it means for you and me, what does that mean? It's, it's a bright new day. It, 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 we, we literally, when you woke up this morning, it is a dawning of a new day. Why? Because God is looking to rule in our heart and in our life. It's always been God's desire. It's always been God's plan to intimately relate to mankind, to filling his people with his presence. Think about it. If God fills his people, if he fills human beings with his presence, then the earth is filled with his presence. Now, I know there's the manifest presence of God. He's omnipresent. He's, he's, he's everywhere all the time. But there's something special about the presence of God in His Spirit that is inhabiting inside people. This is like the reality of God. It's the reality of His love. It's the reality of His provision of wisdom and power to live on this earth, to govern this earth, to take care of the garden from which he made for us to take care of. So, the church, you and I as believers, the church is not about being reformed. I know there's a lot of people that are trying to even use, like we're living in some type of new reformation, and there's a lot of people that still live, hoping they can relive that reformation that happened several hundred years ago. But the church is not about being reformed. The church is about being completely transformed. In the past, the church, for the most part, um, has been very isolated within walls of buildings. Uh, A mentality has developed which separates religious life from what I call real life. Um, believers have tended to separate 
their beliefs, their, quote, Christian life from the rest of their lives that they live. It's almost like we want to compartmentalize everything. I, I'm a Christian and look like this on Sundays, but on Mondays when I go to work, I, I do this. And even though I believe one way, I don't actually live it out the other way. Now, we know what the world calls that. The world calls that hypocrisy. But the church and many believers in the past have done this. Likewise, when a Christian does this, the, uh, the running of their business, the way they do education, the way they look at their governments, the way they vote for their government, the way that they observe and participate in entertainment and many other areas of the rest of their life, they totally leave it to ungodly in the secular minds of the world. It's like, okay, my, my Christian life is here, but I'm not going to I'm not going to mix that with my business. I'm not going to mix that with education. I'm not going to mix that with politics and government. I'm not going to mix that with entertainment. And what do we have? We have a corrupt government. We have an education system that doesn't educate but indoctrinates. We have businesses that are corrupt and only about money. We have an entertainment system that is just filthy and ungodly. We, we've told, when you, we surrender, when the church surrenders these areas, do you expect the worldly to suddenly become something wholesome, something pure? No, for the most part, the, the love and the power of God, we just exclude it from the world because of this type of compartmentalization. I like to use the word integration. We need to integrate our faith and life instead of separating these things that need to be integrated. And so when we talk about the kingdom age, we're really talking about the church living out the will of God. Not my will, but your will be done. And we see recently there's been more and more of this emerging emphasis on the kingdom of God, that there is a new season dawning upon God's people. It's a season in which the religious walls and structures that we as people have created are no longer to divide the, our life from what God wants us to live. See, part of it is just knowing the times and seasons. You know, Luke chapter 12, verses 56, Jesus cried, Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you cannot discern the time? You know, I've often liked to study end-time events. There are many people that have based entire ministries off end-time events. And I... Like I said, I, I enjoy those type of studies, but I believe that much of the church and I know the world have grown weary of it because they hear a type of babble that comes out of Christians about the end times, but then Christians are so compartmentalized. We don't live like we believe Jesus is coming back. We talk about, oh, we're living in the end times, Jesus is coming back, but then we participate in everything that the world does. And the world goes, well, if the end was really coming, you'd be doing something different. 
And then they point out to the people that have sold everything they have. They go out in the mountain and they say Jesus is coming and they wait for him to appear in the sky. And then when it doesn't happen, they look like fools. And the world points to that and they use these two hypocritical ideas and extremities to try to discredit and disbelieve the entire message. Can we hear the words of Jesus, hypocrites? You discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern the time? We need to discern the times. We need to know the times and seasons. We need to know that. We And the only way we can know and understand the time and seasons is to be dependent upon God to reveal it to us. Now, when I say times and seasons, we have to understand. It's not just saying, is it May? Is it 2020? Is it, you know, that, that sort of thing. People freaking out at 2012. The My encounter said the world's going to end. And, 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 and tripping out about human times. No, we're talking about times and seasons. We're talking about the workings of God. The movings of God. We need to be aware of what God is doing. And the only way we can do that is through His revelation. And to have revelation from God means we need to have intimacy, relationship with God. And that means that we have to be accountable to God. And understanding that in the age of the kingdom, we have to be accountable to our king. We have to begin to go, Lord, I really want to see your will done. On earth as it is in heaven. See, we religiously quote the Lord's Prayer and we say the words, but if we don't believe the words, have faith in those words, see, if we believe and have faith in it, then we actually try to live those things out. I'm not saying we're perfect, but there is that I believe it, therefore I'm, I'm trying, I'm moving that direction. I may not be perfect, but I believe it's going to happen. Instead, we have religiously mouthed the words with having no intention in our hearts of actually following through on anything. We want to just say, in the end, we're almost like ancient heathens. You know, we sort of kind of, well, whatever happens, happens. We'll let the fates decide or something. Um, and then we try to blame good or bad on God. You know, bad things happen when we get religious. Well, it must be the Lord's will. Why did God do this? I don't, you know, we, we, we do these, these things like this. As opposed to saying, you know, there are some things God has revealed that if you will believe and have faith in and walk accordingly, there are things that we can avoid. There are blessings we can walk into and there are curses we can avoid. But we oftentimes just blindly do whatever we think is right. And then we get these random results. And we try to attribute random results to God, which is not anything of God. Because God already told us what was going to happen with what we did. And we just, you know, goof it up the way mankind is possibly to goof it up. That's that's not your will be done on here on earth as it is in heaven. That's, I would do whatever I want to do and just whatever happens, happens. And when we do those sort of things, that's what brings about so many false theologies. We 
We, we, we attest things to God that's not God. You know, we attest curses to God that is not God's curse. It's just this is what happens when you do that stupid, that thing. You know, the wages of sin is death, Romans, Romans 3.23. If, if, we, if we plant sin into our lives, we get death as a result of that. You can't blame that on God. God's told us since the beginning. There are certain things you do that produces death. And yet, when we see the death and darkness being produced in our lives, we try to attribute it to him when he didn't want that to begin with. Likewise, sometimes every blessing you get isn't exactly from the Lord either. And I know that sounds crazy because there's a scripture, you know, every good good gift comes to the Father above. But sometimes those good gifts that we think are good aren't actually good. Sometimes... Believe it or not, the enemy will reward you for being evil. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, you, there's always those stories about the the, the, the the old jazz guys, the old rock and roll guys on some road in Alabama that sold their soul to the devil. But there is, I'm going to be honest here, there, there is some truth of making deals with the enemy for short-time prosperity without realizing you've given up your soul. I mean, even the Bible says, don't fear the one who can destroy your body. Fear the one who can destroy your body and soul in hell. You know, the, the number one thing about the devil is that he, he doesn't care what you believe as long as you just don't believe the truth. He's not about worshiping him and putting on, you know, we're not, you know, He's not, he doesn't care if we believe in a little red man with horns and pitchfork and little cartoony images we come up with and let's wear robes, you know. Because people, that's what they think people, when you say Satanism, that's what they think Satanism is. And and then when they, they see what real Satanism is, they don't really see that. They see something different. They see this, you know, belief in the human spirit and the human, you know, so humanism is, it's about the belief in humanity. It's about believing in ourselves. We don't need to believe in God. We can just believe in ourselves. That's that's and that. But you see, that's Satanism. You believe in anything other than Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what it is. He doesn't care. It's just anything other than the truth. That's why there's so many different false religions in the world because he doesn't care how many there are. Because there's only the Lord and not the Lord. And so anything that's not the Lord, it's it's Him. No matter what color, shape, or size. See, this is important to understand because we're talking about the kingdom age. The kingdom age is about the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's establishing the kingdom of, of heaven here. And it begins in us. It begins in you and me. The kingdom of God goes wherever our foot treads. It's not about physical land. It's about the presence of God in us and us taking that love of God and taking this rule to a lost world. It's the understanding that the world systems that are here on this earth, they're not balanced. The earth systems are not balanced. They're unbalanced because it's it's a world fallen with sin. It's a world fallen and broken. 
And even though our God has not changed, because our world is broken, it's constantly changing. The times, yes, are constantly changing. The seasons are constantly changing because the world is broken. And this is how it's changing. It's either being transformed by the power of God as God is restoring the brokenness back to his plan or it's continually breaking and falling apart into darkness and sin. There is no it stays the same. The idea that everything goes on as it has gone on is, is not true. It's either going into darkness or it's going into the Lord, but it's not just cruising as is. And that's hard for us to understand because when we look and we go, well, it's been 2,000 years since Christ and we can see thousands of years and, and we begin to think that this 1,000 years um, that we see certain trends has is, is been around forever. Listen, a, a few thousand years in the scope of eternity is nothing. It is a vapor. And our vapor is constantly moving and changing. What we don't realize is that this vapor has not always been here and it, and it will eventually disappear. See, as I, as I pause in silence and we, we meditate on this thought, what does that really mean? We have to understand that we really lack the mental capacity to understand heavenly things. Whenever I hear people talk about, you know, they had a dream of heaven or they had near-death experiences of heaven, and some of these are really cool, but let's just be real honest. None of us can grasp heavenly things. That's why the book of Revelation, when John is caught up into the heavenlies, and he is empowered by God, by the Spirit of God to write His words. That's why when we read it today, it it sounds weird. It sounds, I can't understand it. It's just, it's too much to, it's crazy sounding at times. Because the words, the human words being used is trying to describe something that there are no human words to describe. It's not a concept that worldly minds can understand. Because it's a heavenly thing. It's not a physical thing. It's, it's like that two-dimensional object understanding multiple dimensions. You know, I heard, I heard some scientific stuff the other day, and they were talking about 10 and 11 plus dimensions. And I'm laughing because I'm going, you know, you can act like as a scientist you understand that, but it's, it's impossible for us to actually understand dimensions beyond ourselves. It's impossible. It's like a dot, you know, a one-dimensional dot trying to understand three dimensions. It can't. It's beyond it. I mean, it, it can sit there and maybe nod at the thought of there's other dimensions, but it can't actually understand what that means, let alone the rules and operations that occur in those three dimensions. That's like us. We're trying to understand things about God. That's why the scripture says God's ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He can see and operate in ways that are so far beyond us. And in knowing that, just in knowing that, we should trust him. We should. He knows things that we can't possibly know. He can see things we can't possibly see. He, he's he got a perspective that we can never have. 
And it's funny because that's what the enemy will use to help you doubt. Well, how do you know he's really telling you the truth? Well, that's 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 the question, isn't it? Who are you going to believe? Ultimately, who are we going to believe? Are we what what voice are we going to believe? See, this is what's so powerful when we begin to understand what happened in the beginning. You know, when when Abraham he was he was living in Ur, the Chaldeans. This is the area of Babylonia. This is the the where all these mystery religions, all these mystery gods and and beliefs were birthed in human history. Do you understand that the, there were there were fallen angels and forces that were actually manifesting to people and showing themselves and speaking? And these people, they weren't just making a piece of wood and saying, this must be God. They were making wooden idols to represent the things that they had seen with their own eyes. And it was in this point that the Lord God appeared to Abraham and Abraham said, you're not like any of these other things. And he believed him. And then Abraham told him to leave. Leave that place. Because of the corruption, because of the voices, because of the, the stuff. Abraham separated him. And you see that word separated. That's what holiness is. To be holy is to be separate. To be called apart. Be called out. That's what, that's what he did. And as Christians, we are called out from the world. We may be living in the world, but we're not of the world. He's separated us. He separated us from that. You know, Luke 17, 20-21. Now, when he, Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. See, the Holy Spirit, God wants to live in us. That's why he called Abraham. He wanted to live with Abraham. He showed himself to be real to Abraham, not one of these other voices. He had to prove it. Abraham, he believed him. And ultimately, that's with all of us. We have to choose. What do we really believe? Do I really believe the words of Christ? Do I really believe this? See, that's what's so awesome about Jesus is that God became flesh and blood. The virgin birth, the life he lived, the death he died, the resurrection he rose. All these miraculous stuffs were supposed to be signs of proof that his word, what he was saying, is truth. That he is the life. He is the light. And when we see this, when we come to put our faith in him, when we begin to walk in, we transition ourselves. We become the, the changing times of the world. We are now changing. We are now being transformed into his kingdom because he's now living in us. We're no longer dead on the inside. But he makes us alive. I sell this because the, the world without Jesus, we have to understand there are multitudes and multitudes of people They have no idea that sin is already judged. This world is already judged. We, we sometimes think the judgment's in the future somewhere. No, it's already been judged. Everything's already been condemned. 
Jesus came to save from the condemnation. The sentence has been given. The final judgment is the, now you go to serve out your sentence. That's literally the spot we're in. The, the condemnation has come down, but the sentence has not been executed yet. And instead, in the middle of this, Jesus Christ has paid. He has paid for those who will believe to escape the execution of the judgment. And you see, this is the kingdom age. The kingdom age is to save us out so that when the judgment hammer drops, those that are in the kingdom miss the judgment. You know, when Jesus walked bodily upon the earth teaching and preaching the gospel, many religious people of that day totally missed it. You know, there were great events taking place around them, but they were just seen as something other than the Son of God proclaiming the kingdom of God. Many religious people that were there, I mean, they'd studied the, the Torah, they'd studied the Old Testament scriptures, but they didn't see that this is the Son of God. They didn't see that. See, we want to think it's just the heathen who miss it. But it was the established religious leaders who couldn't see it. Many people who lived at the same time in the same place where Jesus did his mighty works were not aware of what was really happening. They were unaware. Now, obviously there were those that were, and it was amazing that how many lost people, how many prostitutes, how many, how many dirty fishermen, how many of these unworthy people, when they saw the Son of God and they heard the message, they, they saw the light and they saw the grace and mercy extended and they incredibly reached for it. And yet the religious, so many religious leaders, not all religious leaders, you had people like Nicodemus was a religious leader. He saw and believed. But a lot of religious leaders, they didn't. They didn't understand what was happening in front of them. It's no different today. There are great events unfolding before all of us. Jesus Christ is walking in his people. He's, he's, in, he's in his believers. He's in us. And he is in the world living in his believers. And the kingdom is being proclaimed. And he is moving in our world. He's living and walking in his people. And yet, there are many religious people that cannot see these events. When I say religious people, maybe they're leaders, maybe they're pastors, denominations, maybe they're people sitting in pews. It doesn't matter. They've, they're religious. When I mean religious, they've developed a human philosophy that they believe they know how to attain salvation. Understand this. When I say they, they think they can obtain salvation, they think they've got this figured out on their own. If they just do X, X, and X, then they're acceptable and they're saved. As opposed to saying, I have to trust Jesus because He is the only way. You know, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were so involved in the old way of doing things which, by the way, was coming to an end, that it was difficult for them to adjust to a new era of the kingdom. 
and this led to them of violently opposing Jesus. They began opposing his preaching. They opposed him. That put themselves in a position to becoming enemies of the very God they sought to proclaim. See, this means the gospel of the kingdom is very divisive. The apostle Paul, who's also known as Saul, is is from a Hebrew context. He was Saul. He was a Pharisee, student of Gamamel. He was a Pharisee. He loved the Lord and was zealous for the Lord. He he thought he was doing God's will that he was going to kill Christians. He was there at the stoning of the first martyr, Stephen. He got orders he wanted to arrest and kill other believers. He opposed this preaching. Like when Peter and John, they, they healed uh, the, the cripple outside the temple right after the resurrection, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the Sanhedrin brought him in, and they said, quit preaching this Jesus. We don't care about the healing. Quit preaching this. They opposed the gospel. And so did and so did Saul until finally, on his way to get Christians in Damascus, Jesus struck him down off a horse and appeared to him and changed his life. It changed his life. See, the 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 real gospel is little room for straddling the fence. I know we, we look at the Revelation, where Jesus says that he's going to vomit. If you're lukewarm, he'll vomit you out of his mouth. You can't really straddle the fence. When you come up with the reality of God and the gospel, you either see it and you align with it, or you rise up and oppose it. That's just the way it is. You know, there are very religious people that have put themselves in the position of becoming enemies of God and resisting the very gospel that they think they're supporting. I know that sounds harsh, but it was that way 2,000 years ago and it's still that way today. I know in my personal life, some of the greatest fights I've had isn't so much spiritual fights with the enemy as much as it is spiritual fights with, quote, Religious people. Religious. They think they're doing God's work. They think, but they're, they, they're, they're opposing any move of God. When I first came to El Paso and, and was seeing unbelieving families getting saved. I mean, you would think, I mean, these were non-church people who wanted nothing to do with church. And they started getting saved. And it was, it was religious people that kept interfering and wanting to stop that because we weren't wanting to participate in religious activities. We were doing some things differently. And they opposed it. Because the old systems will always oppose the spreading of the kingdom. That means that you and I, we need to not be hypocrites. We need to we want to discern the times of God, not just the times and seasons of mankind. I know there's many times when I talk with pastors and do trainings and things, and I talk about understanding the times, and, and, and there's some things we have to understand. when we There's certain times of our year when, when people go, when kids go back to school, the school systems really regulate the culture in our nation. 
You know, people base their vacation times based on whether or not their kids are in school. There's, there's, there's certain seasons and holidays and there's all these things and we need to be aware of them for what we're doing because there's certain things that if we go counter this, we can't expect certain things to happen if we're going against these things. But what's even more important is for us to align on what God is doing. We must change to align with God. However, many times uh, man wants us to adjust God to the times of man. I don't know if I'm saying that right. You know, there's the temptation is, is that we should make God change to fit our culture, our times, for our comfort. We're seeing that today. There's so much going on in our culture. They call it the culture wars and, and this and that. But ultimately, it's this thing that they want the church to change God to fit what they believe is their season now. Listen, the seasons will constantly change, but God does not change. And we must change to align with God in all times and seasons. Every culture, every time, every season must change to align with God. They had to change their life 2,000 years ago. They had to change their life in the Middle Ages. They had to change their life in the 1800s. They had to change their life in the 1900s. We had to change our life in the 2000s, the 2020s. No, culture does not dictate God. God dictates to us. And our culture and times will always change. But we must always look to align ourselves with the Lord. You see, we need to understand that when it comes to the times, we have to face the future. We literally have to forget the past. We literally have to fulfill the present. We face the future, forget the past, fulfill the present. I want to say forget the past. I'm not talking about we like, you know, we, we don't learn from the past, we, we repeat it sort of a thing. I'm talking about, listen, we've had failures and we've had things like that in our past. There have been past sins and things. Listen, it has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. We need to remember what we did, but at the same time, we, it's, it's, we need to put those things behind us. We need to turn and face the future and we need to fulfill the present. What does God want of me now? Have I been hurt in my past? Can I receive healing to fulfill my present? I was oppressed in the past. Can you receive your freedom and fulfill the freedom that has been given to you now so that you can face the future that God has called you for? As long as we live as victims, we can't live as victors and conquerors. You know, the world abused me yesterday, but today God has healed me and set me free. Can I receive that? Can I walk in that fulfillment so I can become more than a conqueror tomorrow? See, with understanding this time, we need to understand that these are exciting times. As God's people, we need to be, we need to experience the increasing spiritual light of God. Because the ungodly, the lost of the world, they're going to be experiencing an increasing darkness upon their life. It's popular for people who don't know God, to change with the times and become increasingly evil in what they do. 
We're seeing that today. People are becoming increasingly evil. And it's necessary for godly people, for those who believe in Jesus Christ, we need to change with the times as well. We need to become increasingly holy in our ways. Because holiness is an exciting adventure. There can be nothing more exhilarating than experiencing the power and the loving flow of Jesus Christ by His Holy Spirit living in us through our natural human bodies. Do you understand that God can move, His Spirit can move in our natural human bodies and produce holiness? He can. I cannot, but He can. Don't you want to experience that? Every day, you go, wait a minute, what God has done for me today is so much better than what it was yesterday. No, I'm not perfect, but He's taken me somewhere. There's nothing more rewarding than seeing that type of power of God released in our lives because it's released for good. There's no greater fulfillment than experiencing God's kingdom in us. And see, as we experience God's kingdom in us, it rubs off. Other people begin to experience the kingdom of God. So we must make a commitment that I'm willing to endure severe conditions of change. Those are those tribulations in life. Consider it all joy and you face tribulations. You know, those are the tribulations. I have to change. I have to allow God to change me. Sometimes it means that we have to adjust how I even look at the scripture. Ooh, that, that sounds crazy. Oh my gosh. I, you know, you tell me. But what I mean is that we need to adjust how we look at scripture. In other words, not be like the religious people. Not be like the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They were so locked into the man-made lockings that when the Word of God spoke, they could not see or hear the Word of God. I don't want to read my Bible and be so trapped by the teachings of man that I no longer see what God is actually saying. I need the Spirit to open my eyes because that's well worth it. Father, I thank you, God, that you're talking to us about your kingdom age, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, God, that we would not be entrapped by human philosophy, by this religion that entraps us, God. Help us, God, to walk in your kingdom, Lord, to see your will be done. Not our will, but your will be done as it is in heaven. Uh, Make it so here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. God, I thank you, God, that you love us and you want to walk with us. Redeem us and our days in Jesus' name. Amen. You can continue to hear lessons if you've missed them from our series, Chronicles of the Kingdom. Every week for the year 2022, we will be chronicling a kingdom principle, kingdom aspects about what does it mean to live out the kingdom life. You can check out the series on ChristianImpact.net. We're on a number of platforms. And until next time, God bless. Come on.